I'm particularly excited about, I always am every week, but I have to say this week's sermon will be better than last week. And next week's sermon will be better than this week. Amen? We just go from glory to glory. I mean, it's just, you know, faith to faith, glory to glory. I just believe that. I believe things are getting better for us. Amen? Turn around for us. Praise the Lord. Uh, if you have your Bibles this morning, uh, go ahead and open up to the, in the Word of God to uh, 1 Timothy chapter 4. 1 Timothy chapter 4. And the Amplified Translation, this has been our main text. You know, it's hard to believe, but we're on part 7 already of this series. You know that? Hallelujah. I think I did a series one time and went 18 weeks. You know, <laughs> and we still weren't finished yet. Amen. But I like to teach in series. That's just how the Lord works with me. And you just build, a, you know, build a foundation, line upon line, precept upon precept, as the Scripture says. So good to see everybody this morning. Amen. Everybody have the victory today. Amen. The Word of God guarantees our victory. Well, we've been looking at First uh, Timothy chapter four, verse eight, is our main text in this Scripture. So we want to share that, and then we'll move on uh, to where we picked up last week. Father, I thank you so much today for this precious congregation. I thank you for the people that are here today and those that are listening on the telephone conference call. May your spirit touch each and every one of us today. We give all the glory and the praise in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Now, 1 Timothy chapter 4, verse 8 in the Amplified, it says, For physical training is of some value, useful for a little, but godliness, spiritual training, is useful and of value in everything and every way, for it holds promise for the present life and that which is to come. So we said, we've been talking about how that there's physical training and then there's spiritual training. And the physical training is just for this present life right now. But fit spiritual training and exercise is for the present life, but also in the life that is to come. That's our future life. Amen? And so it's important that we understand uh, how important it is. And we're talking to, you know, we're titled to titled this series called Spiritual Fitness, How to Stay in Shape Spiritually. And thus far, we've hit on a couple of points here, and I'll just briefly mention those to you this morning. In fact, uh, right over here to my right, you know, the table's in the front instead of the back this time, we have uh, CDs from, from, I think, from part two up until last week. They're, they're over there, so they're free of charge. And also, Brother Dan's CD, if you weren't here, pick up that CD. Those are over there as well, and you can catch up with us. Okay, or you can just go on, you know, the computer on our website, and all the messages are on there. You can just download them, amen, and they'll be a blessing to you. And so we uh, we talked about three points so far: how to stay spiritually fit. Number one, if you're taking notes, the Word of God has to have preeminence or first place. First place. Ask yourself in every situation of life, in the crisis of life, what does God say about this? Amen? If you're having trouble in a relationship, you know, ask yourself, what does the Word of God say about this? If you're having, you know, challenges in your physical body, ask God, what do you have to say about this? And so on and so forth. Amen? And then uh, we uh, talked about, secondly, about the second way to stay fit spiritually is to meditate upon the Word of God. Amen? Praise the Lord. And we're told in the Word of God to not just read the Word, but we're to meditate on the Word of God. And so we went into to detail about that and how that meditation is like digestion. 
when you eat food, you chew food, it digests into your body. And so it is with the Word of God that when we meditate upon the Word of God, when we meditate upon that Word, it's, it assimilates into our spiritual body. Amen? It's amazing to me because uh, just, just the way you think, stop and think about way, the way God made your physical body. You know, does God eat for you? Now, he gives, he gives you the responsibility, right, to eat, open your mouth, chew it, eat it, you know. And, uh, but, you know, once you do that, your, your work is done pretty much, right? Because your, your body begins to work and your digestive system begins to work. I, I can't figure that out, but it's miraculous. I mean, your body's miraculous. And then it, is, it breaks down the food into proteins and so forth. And then it, and it eventually goes throughout your body and your blood and, and uh, nourishes your physical body. Well, the Word of God is like that. When we meditate upon the Word of God, we chew the Word of God, we speak the Word of God. It goes, it goes down inside of our spirits. And then, you, for example, you can take like healing scriptures. You can take one scripture, meditate on that, chew on that, and all of a sudden it becomes health to all your flesh. Amen? Amen? Yes. See, I think one of the, one of the problems, I think... Uh, at large sometimes is we try to figure everything out like you know and we may not have a we may not be able to put a label on what's going on in my body this is going having these symptoms and this is going on but you know uh, we don't always have to know per se exactly what it is but we know when something's not right correct do you ever have something going on in your body like i don't know what's going on but i don't have a label for it i don't have a name for it but something's going on something isn't right well proverbs chapter four says my son attend to my words Incline thine ear to my sayings. Let them not depart from thine eyes, but keep them in the midst of thine heart. For they are life to those that find them, and health, or medicine, the Hebrew word, to all of their flesh. And the point I wanted to bring out is this. All of your flesh would include your feet, your knees, your back, your fingers, your lungs, your brain, your blood, and all the other organs. That's part of your flesh. And so the Word of God is health and medicine to all of your flesh. Praise the Lord. Amen. I, I mean, I guess it wouldn't be any different. You know, when you, when you eat food and it goes down in your stomach, you don't question it. You think, I hope it doesn't me some good. You just know that it's, when it goes down there, it's going to do something good for you. Amen. Now, lastly, uh, we talked last week about the third way to stay fit spiritually is to acknowledge God in all of our ways. And it was based on Proverbs 3, 5, they trust in the Lord with all of thine heart, lean not upon thine own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge Him and He will direct your path. Amen? And so it's important for us to realize that before we do, you know, a good way to start your day out is say, Father, I, I acknowledge you today. I, I, I trust you today. And then as you go about your business, God will lead you, God will direct you. Praise the Lord. This is not just for ministers, folks. This is for, for people in business and medical field and whatever endeavors of life that you're involved with, whatever kind of work you're involved with, God will direct your steps. Okay? See, a lot, that's the greatest mistake is people think that God's only interested in the ministry and what, you know, that goes on there. That's important. But there's so many more other things that God's interested in. It's not just ministry. Okay, God calls people to business. God calls people to this thing and that thing, you know. Praise the Lord. But if we acknowledge Him, 
He will direct our steps. Now, I want to move into today, uh, the time left that we have here, the fourth area about staying fit spiritually. I think this is really, really important. Go over to Mark chapter, Mark the fourth chapter, if you would. Mark the fourth chapter. Most of you know that Mark chapter four is where Jesus is talking about the parable of the sower. Everybody familiar with that, the parable of the sower? Amen. And uh, we're not going to read the whole chapter here, but we're just going to read a couple of verses here. And I want to point out something here. Uh, let's look at verse 13. It's Mark chapter 4 and verse 13. It says, And he said unto them, that's Jesus, He said unto them, Know ye not this parable? How shall ye not know all parables then? How then will ye not know all parables? Do you see that right there in verse 13? Uh, what does that mean? Jesus is saying here, if you understand this parable, this is the master parable. If you understand this parable, how the word works, you'll understand everything else. So he, Jesus is saying, this is the master parable. If you understand how the, the word of God functions, how it operates, amen, then you'll understand how the kingdom of God functions. Okay? So understand that. In verse 16, Jesus said, The sower soweth the word. Okay? You might say, Today I'm sowing the word. Okay? We're speaking the word when speaking means sowing. The sower soweth the word. Do you ever stop and think about that? When you're speaking, you're sowing. When you're speaking over your body, you're speaking the word of God over you yourself. You're sowing. The sower soweth the word. And these are they by the wayside where the word is sown. But when they have heard, Satan or the devil cometh immediately and taketh away the word that was sown in their hearts. And these are they likewise that are sown on stony ground, who when they have heard the word immediately receive it with gladness and joy. But they have no root in themselves, but they endure but for a time. Afterward, when affliction or persecution, notice that two different things, arise for what? The word's sake. They immediately become offended or offended. Okay? How many of you know the word of God can offend people sometimes? Oh, yeah. <laughs> And it says, uh, and these are they that are sown among thorns, among thorns such as hear the word. See, they all heard the word. Uh, and the cares of this world, the deceitfulness of riches, the lust of other things entering in, choke the word, and it becometh unfruitful. These are they which are sown on good ground, such as hear the word, receive it, and bring forth some thirtyfold, some sixty, and some a hundredfold. All right. Now, Anybody here ever see a football game before? Raise your hand. Okay. I mean, we live in Pittsburgh. Come on now. Okay. Who do they, who do they go after on the team? The one that has the ball. The one that has the ball. Okay. Did you ever see the, 
have you ever seen the, the defense force a fumble and then they pick the ball up? All of a sudden, it switches. Okay? The offense now becomes the defense because whoever has the ball, that's who they're going after. Okay? Because it's the ball, the word, that's a threat. Do you see the, the, the illustration there? And when you have the word of God inside your heart, you become a threat to the devil. Now, that's not to put fear into you and to run and to hide. You know, the Bible says, is the word of God like a candle to be put under a bushel? No, it's to be set out. Okay? And God never put his word just to put in your heart where you're not letting it come out. Okay? We're never, ever, ever told to be afraid of the devil. Ever. Actually, he's afraid of you and me. Because the word of God is what defeats him. Okay? Now, we don't have time to get into all this here, but we're just going to bring out a couple of things right here. But Jesus said, the sower soweth the word. And he said, the first thing, the first ground, uh, see, the word is the seed, and the ground is the heart. So your, your heart, your spirit is compared to the ground. The seed is the word of God. Now, the first thing he says right here is, these are they among, uh, uh, you know, verse 14, the sower soweth the word, these are they by the wayside. Say wayside. Okay, there's different types of ground right here. This is the first ground, wayside. And here's, he, he, he says this, When they've heard, when the word is sown, Satan cometh immediately and taketh away the word that was sown in their hearts. Okay? Now, this used to bother me. Did Scripture ever bother you before? When it bothers you, you don't have a revelation of it. Okay? Because if something bothers you, you just, you just lack, we're just lacking, I've, I've been there too, and you just lack revelation. Like, what's he trying to say right here? Because it sounds like if you just hear the word of God, what's the use of hearing it? Because Satan comes and takes it right away, right? Well, here's the thing. Matthew's gospel records the very same thing. Josh, go ahead and go over to Matthew chapter 13. Just hold, hold your place there, Mark. But go over to Matthew 13 and verse 19. And I want to show you this right here because he brings that a little bit differently because Matthew and Mark both talk about the parable of the sower. Now, here's the, here's the first crown wayside, remember? When anyone heareth the word of the kingdom and understandeth it not, then cometh the wicked one catching away that which was sown in his heart. Now, Mark doesn't say that, but Matthew does. Praise the Lord. So you're climbing a mountain, but from a different view. You come from the north side or the other, or the western side. You know, it's the same mountain. That's why when you take Scripture and compare it with Scripture, you get a full revelation of what's being said there. Now, Mark says, whoever hears the word of God, you know, Satan comes immediately. And this is wayside to take away the word that was sown in the heart. It almost seems like, well, what's the use then? Why even hear the word? Are you with me now? But then Matthew qualifies it. He says, when, when anyone hears the word of God, the word of the kingdom, and doesn't understand it, then the devil can come and take it away. Yes. I was referring to that math class that I was in, a high-level math class, you know, that I, I thought I was ready for. No, I wasn't ready for. The guy said, hello, class. That's the last thing I understood. <laughs> Amen. That's the truth. And I said, I'm not ready for this. Okay? And... Um, 
So you can hear words, but, but not understand it. And I think that's one of the jobs. Like I said in Jeremiah, it says, God says, I'm going to give you pastors according to my heart that will feed you with knowledge and with understanding. And that's part of the job of a pastor is to help teach the Word of God so that you can say, oh, I get that. I understand that. And therefore, you can comprehend it. And when you do, the devil can't snatch it away from you. Right? So I say understanding is important. You see, it's really important to have understanding of things. Right? But, you know, as he goes on to, uh, you know, to the different grounds right here, I want you to jump down. In verse 18, and these are they that are sown among thorns. This would be thorny ground. Oh, I'm sorry, go back to Mark chapter 4 and verse 18. Mark 4 verse 18 says, uh, And these are they which are sown among thorns, or it's a thorny ground, thorny ground, such as hear the word. And when it says, When they hear the word, the cares of this world. Notice that. Underline that. The cares of this world, the deceitfulness of riches. See, the deceitfulness of riches, there's nothing wrong with riches. It's just that it's not going to make you happy. My pastor, when, when I was in, uh, we were in Texas and I was working for a church early on in ministry, and he, was, he would say certain things. I remember certain things really stuck with me, and that was, that was a long time ago. That was in the 80s, you know, in the early 80s. And he used to say in his southern tone of voice, you know, he was from Texas. He said, the next time you think your new car is going to lift depression, the next time you get depressed, go out and sit in your car and see if it leaves. He goes, that's the deceitfulness of riches. Things don't make you happy. Okay? That's the deceitfulness of it because people think, you know, some people that have a lot of money are very miserable. Very miserable. But you know what? If you have the right attitude towards it, money's not evil. The Bible says the love of money is the root of all evil. You can, have, you can commit that sin and not have one dime in your pocket. Okay? You just go to the local casinos. There's the love of money. People trying to cash in, try to make money. You know? And I'll tell you, the, re- the reason that God's against that stuff because there's more losers than there are winners. You pull that slot machine. I'm just hoping I win. I just hope that I win. Well, more than likely, you're not going to. Okay? But with God's system of sowing and reaping, everybody becomes a winner. But in a casino, no. There's a few winners, but the devil deceives people. Just keep playing. Just keep playing. Just keep putting that money in that machine. Pulling that lever, you know? And before you know it, they spent their whole paycheck. I don't know why I said that, but I did. (laughs) Amen. I'd rather sow into the kingdom of God than to put it in a stinking slot machine. Okay? Anyway, praise the Lord. But I want you to notice these are they that are sown among thorns, thorny ground, when they heard the word. Notice it's the cares of this world. And that's what I want to talk about today, the cares of this world. The, you know, uh, the distractions of this age enter in and they choke the Word of God. And it's interesting when Jesus uh, didn't just shed His blood on the cross. We, 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 we know that He did. But there are some other places that Jesus shed His blood prior to going to the cross. One of them was in the Garden of Gethsemane. 
when he sweat, as it were, great drops of blood because of the pressure, the immense pressure that was on him, on his soul, knowing what he was going to do and go to hell to pay the price. He had such enormous pressure that he sweat great drops of blood. But then again, they, uh, they took a uh, crown of thorns. They made a crown of thorns. And I saw uh, over in that area where Jesus was crucified. And those bushes are still there. Those thorns are this long. I saw the same, you know, the same basic things are still there, right? The plants, the trees, bushes. And those thorns, they made a crown of thorns and they put it into Jesus' head and they thrust down on it and those thorns went into his skull. That's one of the other areas where he bled. Okay? Jesus bled a few times before he even went to the cross, you see. But he did it for us. But notice that thorny ground is the, has to do with the brain, with the mind. Amen? The thorns, the mind, the thoughts, the cares, the worries, the anxieties. And I'll tell you what, God doesn't want us to worry about anything. And by the time we're done here this, today, you can walk out of here free from all care and worry. I'm telling you. I'm telling you, you can work out, walk out here and say, I don't have a care because God has my cares. Ooh, bless the Lord. Do you ever notice that uh, the enemy tries to use uh, the pile-up effect? He doesn't just come at you with one thing. He'll come at you with two or three or four or five different things at the same time. You know, you're dealing with your kids. You're dealing with your finances. You're dealing with your body. Somebody, uh, some troubled relationship, and all of a sudden four or five things tends to overwhelm your thinking and your mind. Well, you want to walk into a room, pull down the shades, and eat chocolate cake or something. <laughs> right? And he, he likes to use the pile-up effect when it comes to cares and worries, but there's a scriptural way to deal with these things. See, God doesn't want us walking heavy like this. The Bible even says, lift up your hands that hang down and make straight your path. Praise the Lord. So, uh, he says here, these are they that are sown among thorns, such as hear the word of God and the cares of this world. The deceitfulness of riches and the lust of other things entering in choke the word of God. So this is the fourth thing that we're going to talk about in spiritual, how to stay fit spiritually is to learn how to, now you've heard this before I'm sure, learn how to aggressively, I said aggressively, cast your cares upon the Lord. Amen? Because he cares for you. Now let's go over to the classic Scripture that we uh, get this from in First Peter. Go over there to First Peter chapter five. First Peter chapter five. You know, Peter was one of the three out of the twelve that were closest to Jesus. Peter, James, and John. Hallelujah. Could it be that their hearts? God knows the hearts of all people. Does He not? He could entrust to these three that he couldn't with other people. There was something about their hearts. Now, they weren't perfect people. None of them were. But yet there was something about their hearts. And you even see the Apostle John, for example, who outlived all the apostles. He was the closest. You know, you had the twelve, then you had the three, then you had one. 
Peter, James, and John were closer to Jesus than the rest of the apostles. They all had access to him. But then you had out of the three, you have John the apostle who called himself the beloved. He said, I am the disciple whom Jesus loved. And he said that several times. Now it's not that Jesus loved the disciples any less than John. He had understanding. Remember understanding? He had revelation. And he had more to say about the Holy Spirit. He had more to say about the, uh, uh, the working of the Holy Spirit in the life of a believer than any other apostle. Amen? And so uh, Peter right here says this in verse 6. 1 Peter 5 and verse 6. Let's look at this right here. Humble yourselves therefore under the mighty hand of God. Notice his hand is mighty. Not weak. Not frail. Strong. Humble yourselves therefore under the mighty hand of God that he may exalt you in due time. Process of time. Could it be the will of God that you be exalted? Yes. He wants to exalt you. He wants to lift you up. James even says, similarly to this, he says in James 4, Humble yourselves in the sight of the Lord that He may lift you up or exalt you. It's all saying the same thing. They learned this from Jesus. Okay? So verse 6 if you just take it alone, it just says, Humble yourselves therefore under the mighty hand of God that He may exalt you in due time. Now if you just stop there, you're not going to know how to do that. Alright? So how do you do that? How do you, how do you humble yourself under the mighty hand of God? Well, the next verse explains it. 7. Casting. Say casting. Casting, casting some of your care. Alright. Casting all of your care upon him, for he careth for you. The actual Greek says, because he loves you. You cast your cares upon him. Why? Because he cares for you and he loves you. I looked that up in the Greek. It's because he loves us. Amen? This might seem like one of the hardest things to do as a believer, but it's you have to understand, the Lord wouldn't ask us to do something that we can't do. He wouldn't ask you to do something and then you can't do it because then you would say, Lord, you're unjust. I can't do that. <laughs> right? So, humble yourselves out of the mighty hand of God. How do you do that? Next verse. Casting. Casting. How many of your cares? All. Okay, all of your cares. The Amplified says, all your cares, all your worries, all your anxieties, all your concerns. That pretty much sums it up right there, doesn't it? Casting the whole of your care, all of your worries, all of your anxieties. Can you bring that up in the, that part there in the Amplified there? Praise the Lord. Casting the whole of your care, all your anxieties, all your worries, all your concerns. Once and for all on Him. For He cares for you affectionately. and cares about you watchfully. Wow. That's our Father. That's our Father. Amen? You know, it just... Uh, the love of God, Paul said, 
the love of Christ constraineth us or overmasters us, or I would say overwhelms us. Praise the Lord. When we understand and comprehend the love of God for us and then for other people, it just is overwhelming sometimes. It's just like, whew, man. <laughs> Amen. Have you, is, is, have you ever talked to somebody before and the compassion of Jesus just comes up inside your heart for that person? Yes. Amen. I remember praying for someone a number of years ago and I was praying for them. You know, and the compassion of Jesus rose up on the inside of me. Tears streamed down my face and I prayed for them because it didn't look very good. And they were healed. <laughs> but it didn't look good from the natural. It looked like this might be the end. But see, Jesus was moved with compassion. Love. Okay? Compassion. And when we're filled with God... We're filled with compassion. You can't get mad at people because you fall in love with them. You just love people. It's hard to get mad at folks when you love them. <laughs> you just, you know, my goodness, love. People need love. We all need love here today, don't we? Let's just let God love on us today. What do you say? Just, just let him love us. Amen. You ever try to love someone they push you away? It's like, I don't want that right now. Amen? You husbands try to hug your wife sometimes. She says, no, 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 no. <laughs> just teasing, just teasing. But you know, sometimes God always wants to love on us, but we have to allow him to love us. Amen. Are you with me now? Wow. Casting all your care upon him, for he careth for you. Okay? Casting. Let's talk about that for a minute. Casting. Use the illustration again. Sports. Baseball. Pitcher. Throws a pitch. He has different kinds of pitches. Right? Different, you know, fastball, curveball. What else is there? Knuckleball. Slider, okay. I'm not in the baseball hole up, but I know there's different types of pitches, you know. But I know this. When that pitcher is up on that mound, okay, it never looks as fast as it does on TV as it does in person. But if you, you think, man, I could go up there and hit that ball. you. <laughs> <laughs> Amen. It's like the, the race car drivers. You know, you watch it on TV. You know, you watch NASCAR, and it looks like, it looks like the parkway. Yeah. At rush hour, you know what I'm saying? But you know, they have those cameras inside there behind their heads, and they're like, everything's shaking and baking, you know what I'm saying? Because you know, you're going almost 200 miles an hour, that's a whole different scenario, right? And so, it doesn't look as hard if you've seen it, but if you're right there and you see it, it's like, whoa, you know what I'm saying? This word casting here is not just a little toss, like, like corn whore or something, you know, like you toss something, you know. This is a violent throw. That's what the Greek for cast means to violently throw. It's the same word that they use when the fishermen cast their nets and they threw them out as hard as they could so it would spread out. Okay? 
And this is the language that, Paul, that Peter is using right here because he was a fisherman. Stop and think about that. He was a fisherman by trade before Jesus called him. He understood what casting was all about. I never thought about that till now. Amen. He understood what casting the nets was. Because he did it hundreds, probably thousands of times. Especially when Jesus said, throw it on the right side of the ship. <laughs> For there you have a great catch, a great draw to fish. So he understood what casting was all about. And that's the, the same language that he used right here when he said, cast your cares upon the Lord. Sometimes we're reluctant as believers to violently cast our cares upon the Lord because we thought, does he really care for me? See, they did that. You know, you have to understand. Human beings are human beings, and they were same. The disciples were human beings, just like you and I were. And when they were in that boat there, and they, Jesus said, let us pass over to the other side. You remember the story, and I'll say it real quickly. I'll pull a parish stone on you right now, amen, and talk real quickly. Okay. <laughs> and, uh, but you remember that they began to... The, the boat was sinking because water was coming in and they woke Jesus up and they said this to him. They said, Master, don't you care? We're about to perish. We're about to go under. And human nature is, is that when circumstances mount up against you, Jesus can be in your boat. But then you can begin to question, Lord, do you really care for me? Why am I going through this? Why me? Why me? Why me? We need to get the why me out of us. Amen? Yes, God cares for us. He cares for us all the time. He cares about your body. He cares about your family. He cares about your children. He cares about your life. Every aspect of it. Amen? But he says we're to cast that thing over on him. Cast the care over on him. Because he cares for you. Now look at verse 8. Man, time just flies here. Be sober be vigilant because your adversary, the devil, that's your adversary, the devil, as a roaring lion walketh about seeking whom he may devour. Whom resist steadfast in the faith, knowing that the same afflictions are accomplished in your brethren that are in the world. Now, again, this gives the impression that Satan is like a roaring lion. He's just walking around just ready to pounce on someone to devour them. But you have to take this in context right here. Jesus said, the devil, as a roaring lion, walketh about seeking whom he may devour, whom resist steadfast in the faith. Now, if you take this scripture in uh, context, okay? Casting all your care upon him, for he careth you. Then it goes on to say, be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary is a roaring lion, walketh about seeking whom he may devour. Whom resist steadfast in the faith. I, I, I got the revelation of this years ago, and it, it, it dawned on me all of a sudden, Satan cannot devour any Christian. He can't. If he could, he would. If he could just devour us all, then there'd be no use, right? We'd just say, here comes the devil, right? And by the way, some Christians talk, if you would think, he's their Lord. He's on the throne. No, he's not. Okay? Satan can only devour believers that don't cast their cares on the Lord. Okay? 
Because when, when I'm in worrying, when I'm fretting, when I'm anxious about something, uh, then Satan already has a grip on me as a believer. That's not God's will. So an act of humility is to say, you know, Lord, I can't fix this, but you can. Hallelujah. And he knows how to fix everything. He knows how to fix your broken body. He knows how to fix your broken relationships. He knows how to fix your kids. He knows how to fix your finances. He knows how to fix everything. Why? Because he's a great fixer. Hallelujah. You know, you've got these shows now, but the fixer-uppers, you know, these people that home improvement and all this kind of stuff, you know, and people that they know how to do that kind of stuff. Let me say, there's never been a problem that you've taken to the Lord that he hasn't already got it figured out. He's got it all figured out. Now, I use this illustration sometimes because it, it, it's what comes to mind. But, you know, we have, here's a wireless mic that I use for singing. This is primarily for singing because it's got a special whatever in there, filaments and so forth, you know, that's used where I wouldn't use this lapel mic for singing because it won't pick up the same tones and so forth. You know, it's more for speaking. But this mic right here is used primarily for, for voice and singing. And you get an echo in it and all this kind of stuff, you know. That's what I know about it. But, you know, this is a wireless microphone. This was a very expensive mic back in the day when we bought this thing years ago. Very expensive mic. And it's, uh, it's good. <laughs> Thank God for it. But if this microphone broke, I don't know how to fix it. I don't know how to fix it. Okay? But let's just say, let's use Brother Patrick right here. Is that okay if I pick on you a little bit here, Brother? Absolutely. Let's say Brother, Brother Patrick, you know, he's a, an electrician. He's got a degree in electronics. He understands how these things function. He understands. He's trained in that area. I'm up a creek without a paddle because it's not working. I need to use this microphone. Thing is, I don't know how to fix it. Okay? So what do I do? I take this microphone and I cast it on Patrick who takes the microphone and he's able to fix it. Now, if he's got the problem, I don't. So if anybody comes up and says, you know, Pastor, how's that microphone? I'll say, well, I don't have it, but Patrick has it. Slash God. Using the illustration, you understand? And um, so... If you're going to talk to me about the microphone being fixed, I don't have it. He does. Patrick has it. He's the expert. He knows how to fix it. Okay? Now, if, if I cast it on him, he actually has it. But if I take back the microphone or the care, he doesn't have it. He can't fix it. So the problem prolongs. It just keeps going on. So in order for this to be fixed, I have to cast it over on Patrick, who's the expert that knows how to fix. You understand what I'm saying? And so it is with our cares. Are you with me? We cast it on him because he knows how to work these things. Now, I'll, I'll talk about how to do that in a practical way because um, a lot of it has to do with the mind. Okay, The crown of thorns were on Jesus' head. And that's where the thoughts 
the thoughts, the worries, the fears. And that's why sometimes, you know, you'll be laying there at night and the devil just comes along and tries to start putting his thoughts in your mind in the middle of the night. You wake up in the morning, you're like, oh, 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 oh my God, what am I going to do? What am I going to do? What am I going to do? What about this? What about that? And these thoughts bombard your mind sometimes, especially when you're physically tired. Are you with me? And, um, and yet those are, they're spiritual. Thoughts are spiritual. They're not physical. But they're, they're weapons that Satan uses. They're thoughts that come against our mind. Okay? The Bible says these are flaming arrows or missiles in Ephesians chapter 6 that come against our mind. And the shield of faith is going to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked one. Shield of faith. That's the word of God. Every piece of armor in Ephesians 6 has to do with the word. Has to do with the word of God. Now, where did Peter get this language here? Okay. Go back to Psalm 55 for a second here. You'll find sometimes that, you know, Paul will be quoting something. You think, did he come up with that? But then he's actually quoting, you know, some scripture in the Old Testament. You know, for example, you know, we having the same spirit of faith according to that is written, I believe, therefore have I spoken. We believe and therefore we speak, you know. Well, Paul was quoting an Old Testament scripture. Okay? And Peter says, cast your cares upon him because he cares for you. But, but, but I believe that the Holy Ghost brought this scripture in Psalm 55 in verse 22. And this is what came to Jesus' mind. Cast Thy, who wrote this? David did, right? Cast thy burden upon the Lord, and he shall sustain thee, and he shall never suffer the righteous to be moved. I believe the Spirit of God quickened this scripture to Peter when he said, cast your cares upon me because I care for you. <laughs> well, cares will be burdened, wouldn't they? Oh, yeah. You know, you've heard the phrase, beast of burden. Amen? I'm not talking about Mick Jagger's song either. Okay. <laughs> That's just what comes to mind, right? Let's see how sanctified we are here. <laughs> the Rolling Stones, right? And uh, cast your burden. Cast your burden. You know, talk about a beast of burden, you know, that, uh, uh, like a, a donkey, you know, or an oxen or something that, that carries something so you don't have to. Okay? Hallelujah. I mean, we're, we're, we're not to worry about anything. We're not to worry about our family. We're not to worry about our body. I don't care what type of symptoms we have in our body. We're still commanded not to worry about it. Amen. Now stop and think about it for a minute. I didn't know this, but the Lord revealed it to me one time. That worry is a high form of pride. And when the Lord showed me that, I was like, Ouch! But he showed it to me to help me. Because if I'm in worry, I'm saying in actuality, God, you're not big enough to handle this. Now, I didn't see it that way because I was like, oh, you know, because I, I grew up, you know, back, back before my mom knew the Lord, she was a world champion worrier. 
And so was my grandmother, and so was my great-grandmother. Amen? I'm telling you what, they could have got a gold medal in the Olympics if they had it for that, because they were they worried, right? And worry's a learned behavior. You learn it. Children don't come out of the womb worrying and fearful. They just know everything's fine. Hallelujah. But worry is a learned behavior. It's taught. Okay? Fear, same thing. But I began to realize one time, I was like, man, you know, actually, I was in Bible school. And my first year at Bible school was in 1982. And I was so concerned about my future because I wanted to know what was ahead. What's going to happen after I graduate? Am I going to have a job? Am I, what ministry am I going to have? You know, I was like, I was trying to look too far ahead. I don't know if you've ever tried to do that before. I was trying to plan everything out, you know. And all God was requiring of me at that time was, this is where you're supposed to be right now, Keith. I put you right here right now. Don't be thinking too far ahead. Don't be thinking about your future right now. But uh, did I listen to him? No. I began to worry about it to the point where I started developing an ulcer in my stomach. And that was not a pretty thing. And it was very painful. Okay? And it was during that time, and I'm like 21 years old at the time, the Lord began to teach me and show me that I was carrying things that I shouldn't be carrying. And I was worrying about things, and it was a form of pride, and I didn't even know it. Because I was trying to figure everything out. I was trying to plan my future and plan this, you know. And the Bible says the steps of a good man are ordered of the Lord. He didn't say his leaps, his steps. Okay? Now, how many of you here could leap a mile? How many of you could walk a mile? And I don't mean for a camel. Okay? How many of you could walk a mile? Okay, everybody here. Some of you could run a mile. I know Sister Nancy back there, man. Hallelujah. I can hardly drive that far. <laughs> Hallelujah. <laughs> but, um, you know, praise God. But a mile is made up of what? Steps. Okay? We walk by faith and not by sight. It doesn't say we run by faith or leap by faith. We walk by faith. That's one foot, then a foot, you know, one foot. In front of the other, take another step, take another step. And that's, that's how we walk by faith is we take a step. Don't try to keep figuring out the future next week, next month, you know, next year, 10 years, you know. And another thing, don't try to figure out how God's going to heal our country. Okay? Let's let God be God. He doesn't, want to, he doesn't want us taking the care of anything on us. I mean, nothing. Hallelujah. Bless God, I chew carefree gum. <laughs> if they make such a thing anymore. You understand what I'm saying? I'm carefree. So I didn't realize, I didn't realize, and this, I'm telling you a true story that happened to me. And it's still from time to time, I have to be really careful with that. I said, no, no, that's not my care. That's not my care. Amen. There's been, there have been times my body was attacked with some things that were, you know, 
on a serious note. And I just said, I refuse to worry. I refuse to fear. He said, Pastor, yeah, you can do that because you're a pastor. No, 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 no. There's no special anointing to live this if you're a minister. I have to fight the same devil and discouragement that you do too. I have to fight it too. Okay? But it's a winnable battle. That's the good thing I want to tell you today. It's, it's a winnable battle. You can win on the earth. And I'm not talking about people that say, oh, Lord, I just pray the rapture come right now, please. You know, escape mentality. Look, he'll come back when he's ready. Not before, not after. He'll come back when he's ready. And if the Lord decides to wait a few years, we're going to be okay. Okay? No antichrist is going to come in and take over this place. We're going to walk with God, stay anointed, stay, stay hooked with God, stay hooked with the Holy Spirit, and He'll sustain us. He will sustain us, and no matter what we deal with. Amen? Cast thy burden upon the Lord, and He shall sustain you. Casting your cares upon Him, for He careth for you. Casting all your cares, all your worries. So ask yourself this question as we wrap this up here today. Because we're almost out of time. And I didn't finish today. That's okay. we got next week. Amen. <laughs> Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I'm so thankful that God loves you. And he loves me. And he loves us. And he wants us to say, to bring every care to him. Give it to him. Leave it in his hands. He's the great fixer. And he's the great one, the great God of our Lord Jesus Christ. And he's able to fix things that are broken in our lives, though we've tried and tried and tried. So the Lord will let you get frustrated sometimes because that's just an indicator on the dashboard of your spiritual life that you're trying to do it yourself. I'm taking my jacket off for this one. Amen. God doesn't want you and me to worry about a single thing. Are you with me? And there's no doubt that when he comes through on your behalf. I remember Brother Hagen used to say this about his wife, Aretha. <laughs> and uh, he was getting the revelation about this. You know, he has that book called Casting Your Cares on the Lord. It's, it's phenomenal. You know, a lot of the stuff that I'm teaching from came from him. My spiritual father, you know. Do you have anybody have that book, Casting Your Cares Upon the Lord? Oh, my goodness. It's just a little, not a mini book, but it's the next step up, you know. But it's so good, so good. You can actually go on YouTube and type in Kenneth E. Hagin, Casting Your Cares Upon the Lord. You can listen to that on YouTube. The same exact thing that, that I'm talking to you about. Cast, it's a three-parter. Casting Your Cares Upon the Lord by Kenneth E. Hagin. It is life-changing. Amen? And that's so funny. He was walking up one time and he was trying to get into his parsonage, you know, and his, and his wife said, you know, I think if I fell down dead right now, you wouldn't even worry about that. <laughs> she didn't have the revelation yet. Remember that, Dan? He goes, well, that'd be kind of stupid to start worrying and you're already dead. <laughs> Can't almost interpret that. He's not really compassionate, you know. Be, he, see, he had the revelation. Because cares were eating him up. He grew up, his, his mother was a world champion warrior. Okay? 
And, uh, you know, and his upbringing was really rough, really rough. You know, his dad left him when he was really young, and his mother was left to, to, to help them. She had a mental, complete mental breakdown, you know, and tried to kill herself several times in front of her own kids, you know. And, uh, and he had to wrestle her and get the knife out of her hand several times. Can you imagine your little kid, you're going through that? You know, and just, you know, his father just left them and just left them for nothing, didn't support them, you know, and just took off, you know. And uh, so, you know, he, he grew up in a twisted situation right there. And then he had that, that blood disease, that, that organic heart blood disease, a couple different things that came against him. And, and his doctors only gave him so much time to live, you know, and he was 16 years old on his deathbed. And the uh, preacher that came in at that time gave him his last rites, basically said, you know, it'll be all right, son, it'll be over soon. You know? But he said he was reading through Matthew chapter six. Chapter six. He was look, looking through his me grandma's Methodist Bible in Matthew chapter six, where Jesus said, don't worry, don't fret, don't have anxiety about anything. Right? Don't worry. And he said, I can't do that, Lord. I'm paraphrasing what he said. Lord, that's just too difficult. He said, when I decided, he said that the Bible became a dark book. But the Lord led him back to that scripture that you need to cast your cares upon the Lord. And the care that he had was his physical condition because the doctor said, you're going to die. You know, you're barely 16 years old and you're going to die. Okay? And he said he just got it. I love it. I love when he shared those stories. He said, I just, I just rose up on the inside and I said, okay, Lord, I refuse to worry. I refuse to be upset. I refuse to worry about the situation. I cast it on you. I give it to you. And it wasn't much longer after that that God raised him off the deathbed. Because he was crippled. He couldn't walk. He had a heart thing going on. He was on death's door. But he said... The, I haven't shared that in a long time. He said the crux, the, 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 the key point there in receiving my healing was I had to just give all the worry to the Lord. Quit worrying about it. Give it to Him. And it was then that the Holy Spirit began to teach him and said, you know, if you're healed by my word, then what are you doing in bed? You know, and he said he started to take steps and moved up and then the power of God met him, shot through his body. And he was able to stand up. And he walked down to the kitchen table for the first time where his grandfather was making breakfast. And his grandfather was a really quiet man. He looked over and said, has Lazarus been raised up? <laughs> he said, yes, Grandpa, the Lord raised me up. <laughs> man, a few words. but <laughs> Thank you, Lord. When the Lord said, Behold, now is the day. Now is the accepted time of salvation. Now. Now is the day. Now is the accepted time. Now is the day of salvation. Faith is now. Now faith is. Faith is not future. Faith is right now. Praise the Lord. So we can have faith right now. I believe God now. I believe God right now. Hallelujah. 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 Let's thank and praise you, Lord Jesus. 
Praise you, Lord Jesus. Praise you, Father. Praise you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you. Thank you, Father. Worthy is the name. Worthy is the blood. Worthy is the name. Okay. Now, what is it that ails you? What is it that weighs on you? I'm not asking for an audible answer. That's something you know within your heart. What is it that ails you? What is it that continually bogs you down, that produces care and worry inside your mind and heart? Well, you know what that is. It could be one thing. It could be a few things. But the most important thing is that care is not your care. That worry is not yours. It's God's. He cares for you. He loves you. But he's looking for you to cast it on him, to give it to him. And you do it by faith. You release it by faith. And it's just like handing over that microphone, just like I did to Brother Patrick. You're handing it over to God, and you're saying, Now, Lord, okay, hallelujah. See, he doesn't want either, any of us here to have an anxious heart, a fear-filled heart, a worried, fretful heart. Hallelujah. Now, just, just as a point of contact, just take your hands like this. And just put it right out in front of you, and just picture those cares those cares in your hands right now. You see those cares, don't you? Those things that concern you, okay? We're going to give those to God right now. Father, we thank you. Praise God that you're the great burden bearer. Hallelujah. You took our burdens. You took our cares, all of them. Hallelujah. Say this after me. Say, Lord, I take all burdens, every worry, every care, and I cast it, and I give it to you. I lift my hands, and I say, take them, Lord. Fix them, Lord. You work on them, Lord, in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Now, do you see that in your mind's eye? That's how you, do, that's how you do this. You're not waiting for some physical manifestation. You're doing this by faith. Everything we do is by faith. But that's the answer. That's what God is looking for. We release it now into your hands, Father, for it's there to stay. It's there to stay. Praise God. Praise God. Oh, thank you, Lord. 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 Mm. Hallelujah. Well, I feel his peace. I feel his peace in this place right now, coming in, coming into this room. 
into your life, into your heart, into your mind right now. Now you can relax. Now you can smile again. Now you can be happy. Because God's working on your situation. <laughs> Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Well, I tell you, His glory is right here in this place right now. I sense His glory in this place right now. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. 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 Did not I say in my word to bring your cares to me, bring your burdens to me, and I will give you rest? For did not I say in my word, come unto me, all ye that are labor, that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you my rest. For there is a rest for the people of God. That's you. There is a rest for my children. That's you. And even as you gave me your cares today, that pleases me, saith the Lord. That brings great pleasure to me. Because I want to be the caretaker of your life. I want to be the one to promote you and lift you up. And when it happens, you'll know where it came from. And don't broke a shade again, though. And it will come broke this done, grevete. For more will go brevete. And the glory will gross devrete and gross devecasto. Yeah. And you'll not have to try to figure out with your mind, with your intellect, with your understanding. No, no, that's shallow. That's shallow, saith the Lord. Don't figure it out with your mind. Don't try to figure it out with your understanding of how I'm going to do certain things. Your job is to give it to me, present it to me, give the care to me. And it's my job to fix the situation. It's my job to arrange, rearrange, and alter and change the things that you want to see changed in your life. Hallelujah. 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 Yeah. Did not I say my word? Great peace have they that love my word. Nothing shall offend them. For there's a great peace that's there for the taking, saith the Lord. There is great peace for you this day as you trust the plan and trust me to bring it to pass. And you'll run. And you'll not be weird. You'll walk and not faint as I've said in my word. And you'll mount up like wings as eagle. And you'll not faint. You'll not grow weary. For you'll be running with me. For the cares and the things of this world that are on this earth are beneath your feet. And you're up in the heavenlies with me. You've been raised up to sit with me in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. So see yourself as raised up with me. And when you do, you'll be full of peace, full of joy, full of gladness. And there'll be no more sorrow and no more sadness. For that's a thing of the past. And it's under your feet, saith the Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Great peace, Lord. Great peace, Lord. Great peace. Great peace. 
Great peace, great peace, great peace. Great peace have they that love thy word. Nothing shall offend them, Lord. Hallelujah. We worship you, Lord. Thank you so much. Thank you so much right now. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. Boy, I tell you what, I see the devil just walking away in disappointment. You know, you've seen people do that. I see him walking away discouraged. Devil, The devil's discouraged. He's disappointed because he just lost some battles. He just lost some big battles because you let go of the care. You let go of the worry. You let go of the anxiety. Now you're free. Praise the Lord. You and I are free. <laughs> Amen. Do you ever see a bird that's worried? I haven't. Have you ever seen a bird that's afraid of heights? They're not afraid of anything. They're not afraid of heights because they were meant to soar. They were meant to fly. And God created you and me to soar with him and rise up. <laughs> Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise God. Praise God. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Well, it's a little after 12 here. Praise the Lord.